The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus came with his disciples into the house. Again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them even to eat. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to seize him, for they said, He is out of his mind. The Gospel of the Lord. I can't help but chuckling a little bit with the gospel passage that we have. It's kind of an odd way to end our gospel passage. He's out of his mind. Um, hopefully I'm not out of my mind, but we'll, we'll find out by the end of this homily. Um, it's just two verses that we have before us today in the gospel. And the, uh, I think this reminds me of uh, something that I want to give to kind of set the stage for what we're, what we're reflecting on here. Um, when I was back in seminary and I was um, trying to read the best things and trying to be the best, the best person that I could be and um, gung-ho and everything, I was looking for the best things to read and so I was asking a dear professor friend of mine, I was like, what things do I need to read to be the most Catholic? Like, what, what do I have to do? And I, he, he suggested a couple of different things, but the advice that really stuck with me and I want to, um, I want to share the wisdom with you was, he said, read the, go- read the gospel. Read the Bible. Read it fast. Read it slow. Read a lot of it. Read a little of it. But just read the scriptures. Be steeped in the scriptures. And that is going to inform who you are as a follower of Jesus. And I think when we get these tiny, tiny little gospel passages, even like this, that seem hard to make sense of at first, I think there's something to that, to that in the sense that the church is trying to instruct us in that wisdom, that it's simply good to read the scripture, whatever it is. And then it's ours to start to, as, we're, as we've become steeped in the scripture, to understand what it is to, to be steeped in the scripture so that we can see that this, this passage is worth meditating on its own. But of course, it also makes more sense when it's not untethered from the rest of the gospel. And we see that this is, this isn't just a, a, a phrase in, in a vacuum. Jesus came with his disciples into the house. Again, the crowd gathered, making it impossible for them even to eat. When his relatives heard of this, they set out to seize him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Well, why are they saying he's out of his mind? Th- this isn't just out of the blue. We're only the, we're only the third chapter in, and this isn't exactly, if, if St. Mark is telling the good news of Jesus, I don't think he wants to be telling us that Jesus is out of his mind. But he includes it because this is the way it happens. And and this is how the people people that are supposed to be closest to Jesus, his own family, the people that he grew up with, they're seeing what he's doing. The things that he's seen in in just these three short chapters, we're not even a quarter of the way through the gospel. And in these three short chapters, they've seen what Jesus is doing and they're saying, well, he's out of his mind. The work of Jesus is not immediately intelligible to them. They're trying... They, they see that what Jesus is doing, what he, in his actions, in his words, and in his healings, he's making very specific claims. He's not, do, he's not doing it in a direct way, but the idea that he's um, saying things like the, Sabbath, the, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath, or referencing King David, or casting out demons with authority, or healing everyone that, that he comes into contact with, all these sorts of things... These are signs that God is at work in him. 
But the way that he's showing God at work is not the way that everybody expected. People are expecting Jesus to come and say, well, right, God, has, God is visiting his people, and so we're going, to drive out the, we're going to drive out everybody who's oppressing the nation of Israel, and, um, and afterward, then Israel will be set up as the true, um, as the true rulers of the, of the world, and God will rule in that way. But instead, Jesus is actually one human heart at a time, one human person at a time, bringing God's loving rule, his just order, to bear. He's bringing it into being through restoring human lives, those who have been marginalized. He's bringing them back into community. He's bringing them into right relationship with God. And he's doing, he's doing the sorts of things that could only happen in the temple. He's, instead of pointing to the temple, which everybody would have expected, he's pointing everyone to himself. And the chief example of that up, that immediately precedes this gospel passage is what we heard yesterday when he calls to himself from the disciples, he calls 12. He names 12 apostles centered around himself to take part in the mission that he is spreading. He's bringing people to be centered on him, centered on his life, and it's from that center, the center on Jesus himself, that the good news is able to go out. The good news, the healing, the restoration, the forgiveness, the reconciliation that he has on offer. And this is and this is enough to make even his closest, his family members say, you're out of your mind. Who do you think you are? What are you doing? Because even the people closest to Jesus are still puzzled by what he's doing. And yet we'll see, we'll see unfold over the next week Jesus' response to that. And his response isn't, shaking his fist at everybody and saying, well, this isn't fair. No, he takes it in stride and he simply responds in, in, in the peace that's characteristic of Jesus. He, he simply responds and says, God's kingdom is here. What you think of me is not, necessar is not necessarily a problem, but if God is at work, then follow, see where God is at work and follow that. We hear in we, St. John highlights this more in his gospel. I don't give testimony to myself, but my works give, give testimony to me. Believe the works. Believe what you're seeing. Don't just believe my words. Believe what I'm doing. See, what, see how God is at work. And then trust. And so we have this gospel passage that, that is perhaps supposed to actually highlight the difficulty of following after Jesus and calling us to look at what he's doing, seeing where he's at work, both in the gospel passage, but the, the word of God is living and effective. The, the gospel passage doesn't just stay on the page. Jesus is living and effective in our own lives. And so when he calls into the depths of our heart for us to follow after him, do we respond, well, who do you think you are? You're out of your mind to expect me to give all, all that I have and all that I am to your mission? Who do you think you are? Is that our response? 
Or do we see that Jesus has had on offer, even to the very depths of our hearts, this healing, this restoration, this good news that I don't have to be in charge. I don't have to try and make everything right on my own. Because Jesus, through his death and resurrection, is already doing that work. Jesus is the one who is bringing healing and restoration even to our own lives, which we seem to have trouble getting in order when we try and, uh, and try and do it on our own efforts, and we run out of steam. But filled with the love that, that's in Christ Jesus, trusting that he's sustaining us for the mission, we're able to hear that call, we're able to see what he's doing, not just in the gospel, but in, in our own lives, and we're able to respond and say, yes, Lord Jesus, I will serve you. I will serve you because you are the only master that you are the only master, you are the only Lord, you are the only friend that we have that is going to sustain us, that is going to bring healing and restoration. And we see that in Jesus himself, that we have everything that we need. And so we trust in him. We trust that we are baptized with him. We are baptized into his body. We hear the words of the Father spoken to us. You are my dear, dear child. I delight in you. We have that love in Christ Jesus. And so we can go forward confidently, even when we see that if we do things like Jesus, if we, if we follow after him, people may not understand what we're about. Imagine anybody from the outside looking in on this community and thinking, well, what's, what's with these guys? They seem to really actually have each other's backs. They seem to really love one another. And it's, it's hard to make sense of. But we know, because we're following Jesus, that we don't have to worry about what other people think. We simply go forward, follow in obedience after him, and we trust that he's going to prosper the work of our hands for us and continue to equip us as we carry out his work in the world, letting his light shine in every dark corner of creation.